We are in a sermon series called I Am. I Am, and, and Pastor Chris was talking about that. We're in a series called I Am. And what we're talking about are the seven revolutionary Jesus, statements that Jesus made about himself and why they matter for us today. The seven revolutionary statements Jesus made about himself and why they matter for us today. And so we're in week four, okay? So he made seven statements. So there's three weeks after this, right? So um, uh, he, first he said, I'm the bread of life. Then he said, I am the light of the world. Last week we saw uh, Pastor Cody, our church planter, talked about I am the door. And so we talked about those different things and what they mean and what they teach us about God, who he is, and what that means for us. And so today we're taking statement number four, which is I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So we're going to be in John 10 today. Um, so if you have a Bible, you can go there. Um, but we're talking about I am the good shepherd. Um, often in the Bible, God's people are referred to as sheep, okay? Which sounds awesome because we're God's sheep, so we're in part of God's flock. That's amazing, right? The other thing that it, it uh, is really interesting about us is that, is that sheep have no kind of natural defenses. They don't have this opportunity to protect themselves. They are dependent on someone else. And God often will raise up, throughout the scriptures, he would raise up a shepherd to lead his people, like a, like a vocational shepherd, to then be the leader of the people. We think about guys like Abraham and Isaac and Moses and David right? All these different people um, that, that had these shepherd-like qualities. And what God does is he uses sheep to communicate not only who we are, but who he is as the great shepherd. And so we see this throughout all the scriptures about being a shepherd and being the, the master shepherd. And so I'm going to set the scene a little bit when Jesus says this. I'm going to kind of give you a little context. Jesus is still talking to the Pharisees. Um, we've looked at the last few weeks. Um, the Pharisees are religious elite people. They also uh, carried a lot of political sway as well, but they were also highly self-righteous and arrogant on the whole, the group of people. And they were constantly pressing on Jesus, constantly questioning Jesus, and Jesus was pressing back on their hearts. And so last week, um, two weeks ago, we saw how he said, I'm the light of the world, you walk in darkness. And last week, we says, he says, I am the door. If you don't enter through me, if you don't worship me, if you don't recognize me as God because he is God, if you don't do that, you're going to try to get into the kingdom of God another way, which makes you a thief. So he had lots of things to say about, about, um, about the Pharisees, and today we're going to shift gears a little bit because the first three statements have been very piercing, very hard-hitting. Um, and what we're going to see in this one is how God um, shows us something that is no less true, but very, very important and a little bit different facet of who God is. You get to see a different side of God in this. He's still the same person, but this is a different part of God. And so he says, I am the good shepherd. And the first thing we're going to talk about, about being a good shepherd, he's talking about the people who are part of his family, people who have put their trust in Jesus. And so we see that, that he says, now, if you follow me, if you submit to me, if you worship me, if you walk with me, I'm going to be your shepherd. And since, uh, do we have any shepherds in here, like vocation, vocational shepherds? Okay, none. Okay. Um, so this is going to be somewhat of a foreign concept. I and mean, we kind of had the idea of a shepherd, but... Um, what we're going to see is how God describes who he is as the good shepherd. And the first thing that we're going to see is that the good shepherd can be trusted. The good shepherd can be trusted. John 10, the second part of 
verse 3 and 4. It says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. Let's just stop and think about how amazing this statement is just for a moment. Jesus says, I have sheep, those people who belong to me, they know my voice. We can know the voice of God. It's not just about knowing about God, but we can actually know God and we can know the voice of God. We can hear his voice. People are like, well, how do you hear his voice? Is it, is it audible? Sometimes, actually, yes. Um, but often how we hear the voice of God is through his word. This is, the, this, is the, this is the words that he poured out for us. So we have this, this wonderful God who gives us his love letter, the scriptures. He, we hear his voice in the middle of this. Plus, we also have the Holy Spirit, God's spirit. If When you become a follower of Jesus, God's spirit dwells within you. And you start to be led and guided by God's voice. These Holy Spirit nudges and promptings and things that you um, do. I, I think of one time um, my wife was uh, praying for a group of people from Ignite that was out on a missions trip, and they were on another part of the world, halfway across the globe, in a place where we can't tell you where they went because it wasn't safe. And they couldn't have um, contact with any of us back here because of uh, transmission of emails and stuff were being monitored because it wasn't safe. And uh, so we had this group of people, and we were um, praying for them. And one night in the middle of the night, Natalie wakes up. Natalie's my wife. She wakes up, and she feels this burden to pray for the team over on the other part of the world. Just woke up and says, you need to pray for them right now and pray for unity. This, this urge is pressing on her heart, this captivating of her mind. It was a Holy Spirit moment, and she prayed for them, labored in prayer for them, and was so unusual that she actually wrote down the time and the date in which this happened, and when our team got back, she was talking to one of the team leaders and said, hey, this kind of thing happened. I don't know, um, I don't know about what was going on, but, but at this time, at this place, I was praying for you and your team and the team leader said, you wouldn't believe this. She said, in that moment, that exact same time, you and the time difference, the exact same time, we were having a conflict in our team and we needed unity and we were working through some stuff and it could have jeopardized the effectiveness of our missions trip had, you, had we not had been able to work through that in that moment. Think about this. Two people on two different sides of the globe are going through something, and one person goes, you need to pray for them right now. And this person goes, we need prayers right now, but I can't tell anybody that we need prayers because everything's being monitored. It's the voice of God that woke up my wife and says, you need to pray. Our good shepherd has a voice, and he speaks. And he presses, and he nudges, and he guides, and he leads through his spirit. Now, it takes time to walk this out as we get to know his voice. It's about keeping in step with him. And as we continue to walk, we can hear his voice and pay attention to those kinds of things and what are our own thoughts or desires and what really is the voice of God as we walk this out, read his word, and walk in obedience. It says that we can know his voice. And then there's something else amazing he says. 
He says, and he calls his own sheep out by name. Church, the God of the universe knows your name. He doesn't just know about you. He knows you. God knows your name and calls you out and then leads you. Which means when you're leading, when you're leading something, means you go first. You go first. So God goes before us, calls us out by name, and we respond because we know his voice. God is extremely active in the lives of the people that belong to him. For us who have put our trust in Jesus and walk with him, he is active in our life. And he's the God who can be trusted. Like so often, we, it's hard for us to give up our trust, but Jesus is the good shepherd, and the good shepherd can be trusted. Not only can be trusted, he's courageous. In John 10, 11, it says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He tells us he's the good shepherd. He says this I am statement, right? He goes, I am the good shepherd. And then immediately tells us what the good shepherd does. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life. Jesus is our leader, Jesus is our protector, and Jesus will die for us. Our leader will die for us. Have you ever had a leader in your life, have you ever had a leader where he says, I will die for you if it's necessary? Jesus is the God who can be trusted, and Jesus also is the God who lays down his life for us. So when we think about things that God calls us to, if, it's, if it, if it um, offends us, if it ruffles our feather, if it scares us, if it leads us to a place where there might be danger and we go, can I trust him? Can I do this? He's, this is the God who will lay down his life for us. He's the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life. The good shepherd is the courageous God who can be trusted. The good shepherd is the courageous God who can be trusted. Not only is he courageous, not only is he trustworthy, but he's unbelievably loving. He's unbelievably loving. In John 10, verses 12 through 5, through this sequence, as he's talking to the Pharisees, about who he is. Jesus says this, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for 
the sheep. He goes, I'm the good shepherd. I laid my life down for the sheep. And then he contrasts what a shepherd, between a shepherd and a hired hand, right? The owner and the employee. He says the hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf and leaves the sheep and flees, okay? So um, sheep have predators, they're wolves. Wolves travel in packs, right? So if there's, if there's this shepherd who's just the kind of the hireling and he's there and he's, you know, this is his first job out of high school and he was just like, eh, well, you know, I needed something for the summer so I'll be a shepherd. You know, kind of one of those moments, you know, this is like, my dad's uncle's friend's outfit has the shepherd thing. I thought I'd make some good scratch and, you know, get ready for my next phase in life. Like these moments where he's like a hired person and he's like, oh, this is hard. It's raining outside and it's hot outside. It's this. He's like, I gotta be outside with these sheep the whole time, the whole time. And sheep are dumb. Ugh, right? Like in this moment, he's, he's already frustrated with the sheep and then he looks and here comes the wolves. Some wolves are coming and he's like, okay. As he watches them approach, maybe they'll, maybe they'll just go the other way. What am I talking about? There's a bunch of sheep here. This is dinner. It's a buffet, right? It's like, I'm standing in front of the buffet. And he's like, either the sheep are lunch or I'm lunch. And I'm going to leave the sheep here so that I can get away. He's willing to sacrifice the sheep so that he can save his own skin. That's what the hireling does. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? That's cool because there's lots of sheep here, which means they're going to get really fat and I can run a really far away before they would even think about getting to me. He says, the people who are in charge, he says, they don't, if they're a hireling, they don't, when they see danger, when they see this happening, they'll run. But what if you're the shepherd? What if you're the one who owns these sheep? What if you're the one who gave them birth? What if you're the one who tended to them when they were sick? What if you're the one who took care of their parents? What if you're the one who meticulously led them into green pastures? What if you were the ones who gave them medicine? What if you were the one that they belong to you? You don't just, you don't just like own them. You don't just like work for them. You don't just feed them because you're trying to get a paycheck. You own them. These are your sheep. And when the wolves come, sheep feel that and they start to bleed out, bleed, you know, like making noises. I'm not going to make a sheep noise because I'm terrible at it. I was really, really bad at uh, old McDonald songs. So, um, but they would cry out and they would panic and they would start to freak out all this, as these wolves start to descend from these different places. You could see like in a valley with wolves coming down, the sheep start to get freaking out and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go and they can't bite anything because they just got bottom teeth and not top teeth. And they're just like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? I mean, they're lunch. But the shepherd, the shepherd steps in the place. The shepherd will grab his rod and his staff. The shepherd will get in between the wolves and the sheep. And he looks right at the wolves and says, I will fight you to the death. I will fight you to the death. You're going to get none of these sheep. You picked on the wrong flock because the shepherd is here and the shepherd will give his life for the sheep. 
and the wolves will get more than they ever bargained for. Jesus says when, when we are part of his flock, Jesus stands between us and the wolves. And if you've been hurt by people, if you've been manipulated by people, if you've been taken advantage of by people and wolves have come in, and we're not talking about just kind of innocent, like we're talking about malicious intent. If you've been, if you've been harmed by other people, know this, that God does not turn a blind eye to that and he will deal with it. The good shepherd protects us. The good shepherd leads us. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. He reminds us again, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he says this. This is just amazing in verse 14. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own. He knows us. And my own know me. We know him. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Think about the weight of that statement just for a moment. We can know him as Jesus knows the Father, and the Father knows Jesus. The love and the community and the camaraderie and, the, and the, the blessing of knowing the Father and the Son as they have this blessing, he says, we're going to share that love with our people. We're going to share that love with our people. We're going to share that knowledge with our people. We're going to, they're going to know us. They're going to, it's not just about like knowing about, but it's like walking with, just as the Father and the Son. He says, we're going to share that with my sheep, with anybody who calls upon my name. I'm not just going to forgive them and shove them off in the corner. I'm going to welcome them in. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to protect them. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd is courageous. And the good shepherd is trustworthy. And the good shepherd loves us. Loves us to a point of even death itself. Some of you have come in today hurt or hurting. And some of you are at the place right now where you wonder if God cares. And some of us are in this place right now are doubting whether or not, even if God knew, would he love us enough to do anything about what we're doing and where we're at. Some of us in this room are in a place of deep pain and wondering does God even love me? And some of us are here going, I'm hearing this about the good shepherd, about Jesus. Could God even love me? I've done so many things. I've been so many places. I've thought so many thoughts. I've said so many awful things. I've been to places, and I've been to places that I swore I would never go, and then I found myself there. And then I swore I'd never go back, and I found myself there again. Could God ever love me? 
Some of us in this room are really struggling with, does God love me or could God love me? And the answer to those two questions, could God love me and does God love me, the answer to that is the cross. The answer to those questions stands Jesus nailed to a cross, dying for the sins of other people because he loves us. Could God ever love you? Look to the cross. Look to the cross and see Jesus saying, Father, forgive them. Look to the cross and see Jesus going, it is done. And does God love me? Look to the cross. While he was on the cross taking care of his mother and putting him in the care of another person, does God love you? He most assuredly does. He laid down his life for us. He cares about whatever it is you're going through right now. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He's not just a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for the sheep. God is a God of intense, fierce, beautiful, glorious, wonderful love that was displayed with such courage. And he calls us to trust him. You're like, that sounds amazing. Is there enough of that of God to go around? I'm glad you asked because the story doesn't end here. John 10, 16 through 18 says this, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So they will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. Oh, man. Love this. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. He says, and I have sheep that are not of this fold, which means I have people who are going to come to me who aren't just Jewish, which is awesome for me because I'm not Jewish. Like, that's great news for me, that Jesus didn't die just for the Jew. He died for Jew and Gentile, non-Jew. He died for other people. He says, listen, there's other people out in the world, and I'm going to get them. I'm going to call to them, and they know my voice, and they will listen to my voice. And Jesus calls us today, and he says, come to me. I am the good shepherd. And if there's something going on in your heart right now, if there's something going on in your mind right now, that is the voice of God pressing you. That is the God of, uh, uh, and his voice is calling to you to come to him. And he says, I'm trustworthy, I'm courageous, I'm loving, and I'm generous. I'm so generous. I'm so generous. I have sheep that I can adopt outside of this fold, outside of this flock. Not just the Jew, but for non-Jews as well. I'm extremely generous, says God. How generous? He says, I lay down my life. 
I take it up again. No one takes it from me. Boom. I love this about our God. I love this. That means the crucifixion, Jesus wasn't a helpless savior or a victim of circumstances. Sure, there were things that going on. Yes, he got arrested. Yes, he got tried falsely. Yes, people brought him up and they, they, they put up Barabbas or him. And yes, they chose Barabbas and so Jesus was led to be crucified. Yes, they beat him. Yes, they mocked him. Yes, they spit on him. Yes, they crucified him. Yes, they mocked him some more. And when that was all done, they took a spear and jabbed it up into his ribs and pulled it out to the place where blood and water flowed out. Yes, all that happened. And Jesus did it voluntarily. At any moment, Jesus could have called down legions of angels. At any moment, the Father could have stepped in, wiped out the earth, and started over. At any moment, Jesus could have called down cursing upon the people who were crucifying him, but instead, prays for their forgiveness. Jesus says, I lay down my life, and then I take it up again. Jesus says, I do this of my own accord. No one takes it from me. Jesus went to the cross for us and did so with great intense love to pay for our sins. Jesus' crucifixion and death pays for all of our sin. If we put our trust in him, he will cover all of it. All of it. All of it. This is the God we worship. When he says, I am the good shepherd, this is what he means. It means he's the God who can be trusted. He's the God who's courageous and will protect us. He's the God who loves us fiercely. He's the God who's unbelievably generous, not only giving stuff, but giving his own life. You know, when people are generous, sometimes it says, people say, man, that guy or that girl, she'll give you the shirt off their back. Jesus gave us his back. Not just the shirt. And on the back of Jesus comes the payment for all of our sins. And on the back of Jesus, the justice of God is taken care of. And on the back of Jesus, all the alienation that we ever experienced gets taken away. And on the back of Jesus, my sin went to die. And on the back of Jesus, I'm made new. This is our good shepherd. This is who he is. This is what he's done. And for anybody, if you're lost, hurting, broken, in dark spots, if you're in places of deep despair, if you're in places of anger and bitterness, if you're places where you're like, can God be trusted? Look to this scripture in John 10 where he says, I am the good shepherd. 
You can know my voice, and I know your name. He says, I'll call you out, and I will lead you. Then he says, I will lead you, and I will even give my life for you. And then he did. And then he rose from the dead. He took up his life again. Who takes up their life after they've died? God. That's it. Like that. Jesus says, I laid it down. I picked it up. The grave couldn't hold him. Because of that, God is our savior. He's a God worthy of worship. But he's also our good shepherd who desires to lead each and every one of you, would love for you to be a part of his family, and will lead us to a place of green pastures with him for eternity. And right now, he's leading us. There's another scripture that I want to share with you about a shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Meaning I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness and for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Psalm 23 written hundreds of years before Jesus walks the earth, but when David was writing that psalm, he was looking to Jesus. And now when we see I'm the good shepherd, we can look back on the life of Jesus and go, he still leads us, and he indeed is still the good shepherd.